You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Today is Wellness Wednesday, and my guest today is Dr. Martin Milner, who is the CEO and medical director of the Center for Holistic Medicine and the Center for Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, which is the first and one of the largest ongoing integrated healthcare facilities in the entire Northwest. Hey, Dr. Milner, how are you doing today? I'm doing real well. Thanks, Brett. Good. I'm glad you got a chance to uh, take some time out of your busy schedule to join our uh, podcast today. Our listeners are excited about hearing everything you have to say. I want to start off, first of all, let us know what the Center for Natural Medicine is all about. And where is it located and when did it start? Well, we're here in Portland, Oregon, and we built our facility to be hypoallergenic and non-toxic in 1991 before it was avant-garde to do so. And uh, we've put together quite a team of natural providers, including seven naturopathic physicians, four acupuncturists, two massage therapists, and a psychologist. And uh, we're a great team of natural, holistic health providers. That's awesome. And I got to say, I read somewhere that you're the first and one of the largest ongoing integrated healthcare facilities in the entire Northwest. Yes, we built our facility in 1991, and we've been doing it continually ever since as an integrated, complete team approach to healthcare. And you have a heart and lung wellness program. That's your newest addition, correct? Well, we started that in about 1999, where we coordinated and integrated with the Naturopathic Medical School here, National University of Natural Medicine. And we offer training classes to the medical students here. And I teach cardiology, or I have taught cardiology at the Naturopathic Medical School for 32 years. So we're a teaching clinic of the Naturopathic University, and we've done that for a good 12 to 20 years. I've retired from doing that this last year, but I'm still very active in practicing here. Yeah, because that linked your professor role and your doctor role. That brought them together. Yeah, and it's really nice being able to offer a naturopathic, holistic health approach to cardiovascular disease. It's all too often treated with very strong medicines with side effects without much attention on diet, exercise, preventive medicine, stress reduction, and uh, all those natural adjuncts that we do here. So over the course of your career, you've uh, treated, uh, and I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm reading this right, I have 25, comma, with three zero, uh, 25,000 patients with heart disease. <laughs> Is that yeah. Correct? <laughs> and you, That's and correct. You're world-renowned for your natural treatment protocols for heart disease, uh, menopause, and hypo, hypo, what is it, hypothyroidism? Yeah, hypo, hypothyroidism. Yeah. We invented a compounded, slow-release way of delivering the active form of thyroid hormone. And it's nice because you can precisely adjust the dose per patient need. And it's a slow-release pill that mimics how the thyroid gland releases its hormone. So that's a neat adjunct, and we've been able to 
help, uh, gosh, hundreds and hundreds of patients who have been using conventional medication for thyroid replacement and just haven't been feeling optimal on it. Let's talk about this for a second. Hypothyroidism is, is what? It's a slow-functioning thyroid gland that isn't producing enough of its hormone called thyroxin and triiodothyronine, which is T3, the active form. And thyroid hormone is your main metabolic hormone that generates energy and metabolism throughout all your cells. So when it's not working right, patients feel really tired. They tend to gain weight and have a hard time losing weight. They're chilly, constipated, dry skin, thin hair, and have all sorts of other related symptoms from it. And the hyper would be the opposite. Yep, where you're full of energy, you can't sleep at night, you're wired, and um, you can have a a rapid heart rate and develop um, major heart complications and problems in all your tissues from being hyperthyroid. And any of these, you hear this a lot, oh, it's in your genes. Uh, It was passed down to you from your mother. Your father had that, your grandfather had that. How much do you believe in that? Well, it's a big piece of the picture because people can inherit weak thyroid glands uh, in, in this example that we're talking about where their thyroid just doesn't produce enough hormone because they were born with a small gland that just doesn't do an optimal job at releasing hormone. But there are also a lot of environmental factors and autoimmune factors. There's autoimmune thyroiditis or Hashimoto's where your thyroid inflames against itself, and that can run in families to some extent. So genes play a part, but not all genetic impairments end up getting expressed in patients' symptoms. So you can have a genetic abnormality or a variant, but it doesn't necessarily get expressed and cause any of the disease problems. But it sure can, and in hypothyroidism, we see it running through families a lot. So prior to your, it was an invention of a natural, can you, can, you, can you call it a cure with a natural supplement? Well, it's a prescription drug that's compounded through a compounding pharmacy who mixes and makes it from scratch. And it's a prescription drug that requires a licensed healthcare provider to prescribe it through a pharmacist that dispenses it. And it's a cure to the extent that you can use it as replacement for somebody's thyroid not working right and get them to optimal blood levels and resolve all of their symptoms as long as they take the medicine. It's kind of similar to insulin for a type 1 insulin-dependent diabetic. You get to give the right replacement at the right dose in the right slow-released form, and you give precisely the exact optimal dose that gets the patient to feel really well and match with normal blood levels, and um, their whole life turns around because their thyroid's working optimally with the, re- with the replacement medicine. Are doctors across America aware of this treatment? Is everybody using it right now, or still, are some still not aware of it? Most are not aware of it. I spent a two-year period lecturing around the United States talking about it and introducing it to alternatively-minded medical doctors, but there are very few of them. Almost no endocrinologists use it. And it's ironic because the T4 that's in the medicine is blended with T3, and they both exist as 
manufactured drugs. They're just not slow-released, and they're not in exactly precise measured microgram amounts. So we've taken what already exists in manufactured drugs and made it more able to be customized to the individual's exact needs and then slow release it in a different base that doesn't have any additives or buffers or binders. So it's a very clean medicine delivery. Now, you know there's people listening right now who have this condition. They've never heard of this. Uh, They're not going to be able to walk into their general practitioner and say, hey, here's what I want, correct? Correct. But you could look at um, a a regional compounding pharmacist. There's about... uh, 5,000 compounding pharmacists throughout the United States. So you can research the compounding pharmacist that's closest to you, and they could refer you to a physician that's familiar with prescribing slow-release T4 and T3. There's also an article on this on our website that I can refer people to. Give them the website right now. Go ahead. It's the C as in center, N as in natural, M as in medicine, wellness.com. CNMWellness.com, and you're up there in Portland, Oregon, uh, and you're getting people uh, all over the globe, uh, that keep, or Germany, England, Western Europe, Japan, Pakistan, India, Africa, Australia, and South America. You've seen them from all over the globe. Yeah, I've been doing this for 35 years, and um, we have people coming in from all over the place. We had somebody fly in from Tennessee today. And everybody you give this prescription to I can't I guess everybody. Uh, what's the percentage of people who actually are, are seeing amazing results from this prescription, this formula? Well, I'd say about 85% of the people that we put on it feel much better than the prior medicine that they were taking and stick with it continually as their choice of replacement because it works better and they feel much better on it. Side effects? Well, if the dose is right, there are no side effects usually. There's a small percentage of patients who don't absorb the medicine really easily, and we have to raise the dose much higher than what the pre-manufactured drug doses would be. But that doesn't happen that often. It's rare to get GI tract side effects, but occasionally people can get uh, loose stools or bloating or nausea, but that almost never happens. In fact, it's a little better managed, absorbed than the, than the regular medicine in terms of side effects because it's slow-released. I got it. So, so the hormone gets released more evenly and gently over a longer period of time. You know, you mentioned something earlier. We started the conversation. Uh, lifestyle plays a big part in this. Are there certain foods across the board, a common thread of foods that people with a hypothyroid should not be consuming? Well, there are foods that will antagonize thyroid hormone production, but we can work around eating those foods and just give more hormone if necessary. But some of the more problematic foods are high amounts of calcium or dairy products. Too much soy can be a problem. And the brassica vegetables can inhibit thyroid hormone. That's cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts which are great foods, I know, but they do inhibit thyroid hormone. So I'd rather people eat those foods and take a little more thyroid than not eat them. Right, because there's so many health benefits to those foods. 
Yeah, and there's also supplements that are cofactors in making more thyroid hormone on your own, such as tyrosine and selenium and copper and zinc. They say so, so if people are taking too much of that stuff, then their thyroid hormone can be a little over running. Yeah, selenium is supposed to be good for the heart, but it could have a side effect on your thyroid. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, they're cofactors in making thyroid hormone. So if you feed too much nutri- nutrient-supportive cofactor products, you can improve thyroid hormone a little more than you would have wanted to. I see. Vegan lifestyles, plant-based, whole plant-based foods... Are you a fan? A plant-based diet is the best diet for reversing heart disease once it's established. It's the only diet that's been shown to reverse angiogram evidence of coronary artery blockages. So it's a strict diet. It's a vegetarian, whole food, plant-based diet. But it's definitely the best for reversing coronary artery disease once you've developed it. Are you familiar with Forks Over Knives? I am. That's a great example of it. Yeah, I have the book. I'm looking at the book right now. Uh, Netflix had the documentary. Are you whole food plant-based? In my personal life, I am not. I uh, need a higher amount of protein than that. And where are you getting the protein from? Clean, grass-fed chicken, clean fish as much as possible. I'm personally allergic to eggs, so I don't eat eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the Mediterranean diet is the most beneficial preventative diet for heart disease. And that allows a broad array of fruits and vegetables. And the percentages of meat are kept on the low side in both a Mediterranean diet and um, plant-based diets that extend beyond veganism to including meat products that are lean for people that need higher levels of protein. You mentioned the Mediterranean diet, and the Mediterranean diet, I know they allow you to have, they suggest and encourage uh, avocado and even olive oil, don't they? Yes, they do, which is antithetical to the plant-based <laughs> diet that has you eat no oil. I know. And stay at 10 to 15% of your calories coming from fat, which is so hard for most people to sustain. But let me tell you, it does work great in reversing coronary artery disease. The whole food plant-based without the oils. That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, no, we have to talk about this because there's people listening right now saying, well, is avocado oil or olive oil going to cause me to have the coronary issues, the heart disease? Is that a, is that a precursor? Is it, is it antagonizing it? Well, there's a different... L- let me just clarify a couple of pieces to the plant-based diet. The Dr. Esselstyn's book documented the reversal of coronary artery disease in 23 of 24 patients. The 24th patient passed away of other causes. But he didn't only use a plant-based diet. He had all of those patients on statin medications. And he did aggressive counseling with them every two weeks and did repeated blood tests on a regular basis. So those patients had a lot of support and prescription drug background medication along with a plant-based diet. So they didn't reverse disease just with a plant-based diet alone. Oh, okay. That's, is that the part? I, don't I, saw, I think I saw bits and pieces of that documentary, but I'm glad you brought that up because everybody that I've talked to, I think was under the impression that no, it was just strict whole food plant-based diets that reversed that process. But now you're saying there were statin drugs that assisted that. Yes. Gotcha. And that was because they 
he couldn't get the study approved in the Cleveland Clinic to be done without using statins. Interesting. Let's move on a little bit. The brain chemistry, mental, emotional, heart, and adrenal health. Talk about that with us for a second. Well, that's a big topic. We have a lot we could share with that. Um, from the big picture perspective, your audience should probably understand that there are excitatory neurotransmitters that your brain utilizes as well as your gut. And those excitatory neurotransmitters are dopamine, adrenaline, and noradrenaline, or norepinephrine and epinephrine. And the inhibitory ones are GABA, serotonin, and uh, acetylcholine. And they have to be in balance with each other for your brain to function optimally. And one of the big mistakes that's made in conventional medicine is serotonin selective reuptake inhibiting drugs, SSRIs, mm-hmm. are used that build up serotonin but only affect serotonin and don't balance it with dopamine and adrenaline. So what's happening in neurochemical therapy these days is people are being very one point treated for whatever they have with a serotonin enhancing medicine that builds up serotonin and meanwhile dopamine and adrenaline are depleted. So the longer you're on these medicines you may feel less depressed to a point but a lot of times the dose has to go up and it gets to the point where the depression isn't responding anymore to the medication and they're replacing depression with anxiety and that anxiety is due to a deficiency of dopamine and adrenaline. It's as though your fight and flight has been wiped out in exchange for building up a pool of serotonin. So we see all the time people who have been taking SSRI medicines for years and have developed resistance and they no, no longer work, and they can't get off the medication easily. So we have protocols where we build up their pool of serotonin directly because the serotonin drugs actually don't build up the pool of serotonin. Ironically, they cause your, the enzymes in the brain to break down the serotonin that's building up. And the longer they're on it, the less serotonin they end up having. So it's a tricky, kind of complicated scenario. But a good analogy that I like to use is if your brain was a sponge and the water in your, in your brain was serotonin and you had a dehydrated brain without enough serotonin, you wouldn't add drugs to keep the serotonin that you don't have enough of hanging around in the space. You would put in more water into the sponge to build it up. So... 5-HTP is an amino acid that converts into serotonin in one step. So our approach is to give 5-HTP and build up the water in the sponge rather than adding an inhibiting drug that just makes the serotonin hang out longer in the gaps between the nerves and end up being having that serotonin be broken down by enzymes. So that's a tricky scenario to have to orchestrate through. It is. It is It is a very, very tricky scenario. It's like an equation to try to figure it out just to dial it in properly because I'm guessing that each individual would be a different scenario, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, and a lot of times people who have been on SSRIs for months and years can't get off of them, and they come to us for help. And what we do is build up their pool of serotonin first and then gradually wean them off of their medications once their pool of serotonin is fixed. And then they can wean off of medicine easily without side effects or catastrophic reactions from weaning too quickly. Is there, uh, there's two questions I'm going to ask you. Is that a genetic deficiency as well? Lack of serotonin. There's, there's, na- there's both nature and nurture components for emotional and mental health problems mm-hmm. pretty much universally. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the part that you can inherit genetic tendencies from your parents, or you can inherit, or rather than inherit genetic, genetic tendencies, you can be environmentally induced into mental health disruption by dysfunctional families of origin and being around parental influences that are harmful that end up causing mental health problems to develop. So sometimes it's real hard to separate uh, genetic elements from environmental factors. What would be your favorite, I know you said 5-HTP, is it found in any foods? Yeah, it's found in animal protein and... Let me think of the plant-based proteins that are the highest. I think they're legumes and beans that are the highest in 5-HTP, but the doses that we're using of 5-HTP would take 10 <laughs> hamburgers a day to try and make an equivalency. Right, and there goes the heart, and there goes the coronary issues. So- yeah, so when we give free freestanding amino acids, it bypasses all that saturated fat and all those problems compounds. How about on the market? Is, are people, are companies trying to sell us a, a natural f- a supplement in a pill form of 5-HTP? Yes, it's available in pill form and bulk powder. And when we give 5-HTP, we're always going to give it in balance with tyrosine because tyrosine is the amino acid that's the precursor to dopamine and adrenaline. So we're balancing excitatory neurotransmitter support with in, the inhibitory support. When we raise the pool of serotonin, we raise the pool of dopamine and adrenaline along with it. And acetylcholine is an inhibitory neurotransmitter that slows down the heart and it controls the atrium very effectively. So we've developed slow-release formulas that provide nutritional building blocks for the making of acetylcholine. And what's interesting about all these neurotransmitters, whether you're talking about adrenaline or dopamine or serotonin or acetylcholine, they all have very short half-lives of one to two minutes. So as soon as your body makes it, it's breaking it down in dynamic equilibrium or disequilibrium. So what we need to do is provide enough nutritional precursor material so that the body always has enough material to make more, in this case, acetylcholine. So we give slow-release choline and slow-release pantothene, and those are the building blocks for the, the brain and the gut to build up plenty of acetylcholine. Acetylcholine also bathes, bathes the, the vagus nerve, which ends up stimulating the heart to slow down its heart rate. Could people be eating themselves into depression? In other words, are, are certain foods depleting our, our bodies of serotonin or 5-HTP? are the building blocks for a healthy mind? 
Absolutely. 5-HTP and serotonin are made in the gut. There's a lot of serotonin that's made in the gut. And intestinal health impairment ends up depleting the pool of serotonin that's in the gut that ends up feeding the brain. So if you're not getting enough protein in your diet, you're going to be deficient in the neurotransmitters because you won't have enough, in this case, 5-HTP or phenylalanine and tryptophan to make 5-HTP. We can go on for hours about this. You're a wealth of knowledge, and we appreciate your time. How about May of 2005, you published The Menopause Revolution, Smashing the Hormone Replacement Therapy Myth. Talk about that with us. Sure. There's a lot of ways of using bioidentical hormone replacement therapy as alternatives to prescription drug therapy to make those hormones safer by having them be bioidentical rather than synthetic. And what ends up happening is hormones send messages all the way into your cell structures and DNA. And if you're sending an artificial message from an artificial drug, you're going to get adverse effects at a much higher incidence than you would if you use bioidentical hormones. So probably one of the better examples of this is the drug Premarin, which is horse, mare, urine converted into human estrogens. And there are about 50 to 100 lingering horse equine components in that product that are ending up not even being assayed or identified when people are consuming that product as a prescription. Side effects? These days, yeah, there's more side effects. And Mm -hmm. in these days, it's not prescribed anywhere near as much as it used to be. But boy, when it was prescribed like candy, we were getting breast cancer, osteoporosis, and heart disease as consequences of hormone replacement therapy. And then the Women's Health Initiative published all this information. And um, many menopausal women were abruptly taken off of Premarin and Provera medroxyprogesterone acetate. And that's an artificial progesterone. And that's because those years of using all of that ended up turning women into much greater risk for those conditions, cancer, heart disease, and osteoporosis. So if you're going to use hormones, you might as well use the least amount possible and make them be bioidentical and safe. So the safe use of hormones can be tested to make sure if you're using hormones at all, that you're metabolizing them safely. And there are 24-hour urine tests that we do that reassure our patients that their hormones aren't metabolizing into precancerous compounds. And let me ask you about the natokinase. Uh, you have an article on that as well, uh, the active ingredient. It's, yes. it's called natto, and it's active ingredient. Yes. You know, we introduced natokinase into the United States market in the early 2000s. And it's been very well researched in Japan. It's what's called fibrinolytic or thrombolytic. So it's a class of medicine that is able to break down clot. And it's been shown in Petri dishes to be able to break down clots as well or better than urokinase and prothrombin, which are precursor clot-busting enzymes that your body uses. 
so it's it's a wonderful adjunct in natural medicine because it microscopically breaks down clots. And that's a big risk factor in high blood pressure and coronary artery disease and people that have formed clots in their legs like deep vein clots or thrombi or clots in their lungs. And these are serious life-threatening health concerns that require careful diligence in how you treat and how to treat these patients safely. And they need to be under medical supervision carefully in the management of all of this. Serapeptase, similar in a way? Yes, it's very similar to natokinase. They're both thrombolytic, fibrinolytic, breaking down clot enzymes. Serapeptase comes from the silkworm, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. What's Cardio Gold? Cardio Gold is a, <laughs> a product that I formulated uh, to protect patients' overall heart health. And on paper, it looked really great, but to be honest with you, it didn't work really well in the marketplace. We didn't get the results we thought we would get. Has it been replaced with something a little more uh, effective? Not that I'm aware of. Gotcha. We talked about a lot about natural supplements. As a consumer, there's a ton of nutritional supplements to choose from on the market right now. There's no, there's no slowing down of it. it. Not only can it be confusing, it can also get overwhelming as far as say, which one do I need? Which one do I not need? You know, we're bombarded all the time with this supplement, that supplement uh, uh, for this and for that. What's your take on that? Well, my first impression is there's a, there should be a distinction in people's mind between fat-soluble vitamins and nutrients and water-soluble ones. The fat-soluble nutrients get released relatively slowly all on their own, like the fat-soluble vitamins are vitamin A, D, E, and K, and they will get slowly absorbed and utilized gradually and gently and evenly. But anything that's water-soluble you have to take two or three times a day in order to absorb it. So if there's a company that is astute enough to make a slow-release delivery system for water-soluble nutrients, then you deliver those water-soluble nutrients more evenly throughout the day. From vitamin C to L-arginine and choline and pantothene as building blocks for acetylcholine, those are all examples of compounds that really ideally would be best delivered as a slow-release agent. And the general marketplace doesn't think in those terms. They think about quality, which is, of course, important. But, but not only do you have to concern yourself with quality, you have to make sure of the delivery system and that everything's getting to where it needs to get on an even basis as much as possible. You know, we had Joe Brunner on the show not too long ago. Uh, his, actually, his podcast just went live today. And I got to tell you, that guy, he's run one heck of a company, Endurance Products. I know you're a fan of them as well. Yeah, I sure am. And they make a lot of slow-release products. They formulated our slow-release choline and pantothene and did a great job with it. Their wax matrix delivery system is the best in the industry. It really is. Before I let you go, uh, I got to ask you some, some more of an inspirational question. When did you first discover your passion for wellness? When did it all start? You've been doing it for so long. Do you remember when it all started? 
Yeah, I do. I have several major life events that got me going. My dad had his first heart attack when he was 42 and passed away at 53 of his second heart attack when I was 13. That was a significant turning point. I had a 10th grade biology teacher that turned me on to science and medicine. And um, when I was in college, I got involved with the food co-op in the 70s and natural health way back then. And um, God gradually exposed more and more to a model of health that was wellness-oriented. And then I discovered you could be a natural medicine physician. I got all excited. My gosh, it was just what I wanted. It was what you wanted. It was. It seems like it was what you're meant to do because, you know, you, you can want something all you want, but you have to have a certain level of intelligence. And, and I'm not, you obviously know how intelligent you are to be able to pull, you know, come this far and, and to help so many people. It's got to feel pretty rewarding at this point in your career. It does. I've been real blessed. Real blessed. What's your biggest accomplishment that brings you the most fulfillment to date? My family life, to be honest. That's what I care the most about. But in terms of my career. medical career and training, I think it's been teaching all the medical students that I've taught over the years and giving them uh, reasonable guidance to get them started in their career. You know, you said family first. You have to have a, a strategy or formula that works because as busy as you are, as involved as you have been, the work-life balance has to be on point. How did you do that? I kept telling myself as much as I could throughout my life that I needed to remember what mattered the most and keep it in perspective. And I would keep saying that to myself over and over again. And I'd pull myself out of clinical work obligation experiences whenever I needed to in order to have more time with my family. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> it, is, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. <laughs> I guess when it's a priority, you know, but, you, you put your why into it and you have your rewards, you're probably more uh, prone to hit that goal or make it a priority. Yeah. I'm not sure my wife would agree with you. She thinks all I ever do is work. <laughs> we'll have her on the show next week, see what she says. How about that? <laughs> Well, it was a pleasure having you, man. We really, really appreciate your time, your wealth of knowledge. Tell us, tell them, my listeners again, how they can find you and, and, and where your office is, and, and uh, we'll send you on your way. Yeah, we're the, sure, thank you. Thank you so much. We're the Center for Natural Medicine on 1330 Southeast Caesar Chavez Boulevard in Portland, Oregon. Our phone number is 503-232-1100, and our website is cnmwellness.com. Perfect. Beautiful. Again, we appreciate it. We're more than grateful. Thank you again, Dr. Miller. Have a great afternoon. Have a great evening. And enjoy the rest of your summer. And uh, we'll be in touch down the road. If anything pops up you want to share again, you have an open invitation anytime you want it. Thank you so much. Alrighty. It's been my pleasure. Thank you again. All Bye-bye right. now. Goodbye.